everyone, and welcome to another episode from our series of interviews and podcasts from the recent Goodwood Festival of Speed. And this is a really interesting one. We managed to sit down inside a Polestar 2 because that's the only way we could actually get away from the hubbub of the show and all the noise in the background with Thomas Inglath, who's CEO of Polestar. Now, Polestar, I'm sure you've heard of them by now, but if you haven't, they're the uh, up-and-coming, well, they've they've kind of arrived already, Scandi EV brand, a spin-off brand from Volvo. These are performance electric cars, but he's a fascinating bloke, Thomas, because he's a designer originally that's turned in to a CEO, um, and you can see it. Because his company is so beautifully curated. Every space you walk into is minimalist and Scandi cool. And he talks about that, the importance of designing a brand, not just a car. And we even managed to ask him what his favorite karaoke song is. And at one moment, I think he's about to belt it out. So stick around and listen for that uh, very special moment. Here's Thomas. Okay, Thomas Ingelath, welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Now, before we get talking, I should just say we're here, we're on the Polestar stand at Goodwood, so you're going to hear people chattering and moving around in the background. I'm sorry, we're doing the absolute best we can. We're actually sitting in a Polestar 2 at the moment to mitigate some of it, but we've had to crack the windows because otherwise it gets a bit hot in here, doesn't it? So, welcome. Thank you for sitting in a car with me for a bit. Um, have you had a chance to walk around the show? Have you had a chance to look at all? Absolutely. I had a chance and I had even obligation to do so because I'm here with uh, my two boys who definitely wanted to walk around. Oh, right. So it's a, it's a family affair uh, just, just for today or for the whole, whole weekend? No, it's, it's actually the one day. We, we stop over in London tomorrow. And I mean, really, that's what um, why Goodwood is so cool, the Festival of Speed, because it it's absolutely possible to go here with the family. It's a festival. It's uh, stuff for everybody. Um, very different. I, I, I guess I wouldn't have taken them to to ER Frankfurt. That would no, have not crossed my no, mind. No, exactly. That's a little <laughs> bit of a drier experience. And I, I've seen the same thing. The key to Goodwood is not doing too much work. A little bit of work, but not too much work because there's all these cars to enjoy. Is there any particular cars you've seen going up the hill or you've seen on someone's <laughs> stand that you quite enjoyed? That 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 boxy Aston Martin. I don't know what was uh, what's its, its its name. Oh, the Victor. He, hero of my youth oh 70s 80s kind oh, of style vantage is it the v8 vantage oh no oh that's oh, super no. oh, boxy it's, it's the aston Shit. martin bulldog yeah the bulldog. the bulldog yeah so they've recently restored it in fact amazing it's it, i mean it must be better than it was leaving the factory gate it looks so pristine yeah it's gone through a full ground up renovation in fact they're gonna hit or they may have already done it they're gonna hit 200 miles an hour in that Oh. So it's not just a cosmetic oh. exercise. They've, they've, they've made it properly. Ah, it was amazing seeing it move. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was very cool. I saw that earlier too. So what kind of cars are you into? Apart from Polestars, of course, that's, that's a given. <laughs> um, you know, growing up, what, what, what sort of things caught your attention? I lived at a very busy street. My parents' house was at a very busy street. And very, I mean, you can't imagine that today anymore, but I was just simply could call it now playing there um, with my cat car hours just you know 
going up and down the pavement, looking at the parked cars mm -hmm. next next to me, yeah. parking myself a little bit, you know. And and there were cars. I mean, of course, of my childhood, the BMWs, O2 series, mm -hmm. um, up and down. Um, yeah, really. The, these are the heroes of, of, of my use, the sporty cars of that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and the a little bit the idea about liking compact sporty saloons, mm -hmm. like the O2 series, like uh, first... And that is a little bit more retro. I mean, that was not necessarily my what I discovered later, the Bertone Gitte. Mm -hmm. But at, then at some point when the Giulietta came, the, the Wedgie Giulietta, mm -hmm. that, that was really something that I, um, I, I adored. 9-11, of course, from this time. <laughs> and I remember very much the magazine, that auto magazine that I discovered in the local newspaper shop had a cover one day which really that was a, an amazing thing uh, it was not the typical cliche thing with a car kind of sliding around there it was a, um, um, a collage of detailed pictures taken of something that I even did not recognize as yeah. a car yeah. and it was a Countach, the new Countach and it was really for me the first time that I discovered wow I mean car design can be something you know beyond what 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 you see on the street it was really like a ufo it was so futuristic well it's interesting that it, yeah th those are quite um kind of design icons you know the the, the yeah. bmw the o2 series the kuntash of course it's like the ultimate um supercar kind of icon um and you know polestar as a brand um it's really interesting it, it's the simplicity of the brand it's it's the design of the cars they're quite simple and clean and they're quite easy to understand. They're nice proportions. Um, but it almost goes further with Polestar. It feels like the whole brand has a design. You know, the way that you position it, the way I'm looking at the stand now mm -hmm. with these lovely clean walls and square exhibits and big, you know, big stone slabs on the floor. Um, <laughs> is you know, that something that you cultivate? Yeah. Yeah. That is something that was a big desire and, and a big opportunity what when when we had the chance to build Polestar to grab that and say come on let's do that for once the frustration about one thing obviously there's a lot of attention money time spent in car design actually the reason why I love to become a car designer because if you wanted to design as a car designer, you really get that opportunity to really do something to that degree of perfection, um, spend lots of time to make it refined. Now, despite the fact that that is leading to actually really great products on the road, and a lot of brands have great design out there, premium brands definitely, when you look at how they present the brand, how they communicate, how they, how, what, what, all the other touch points and what you see, it it doesn't live up to it. Doesn't get the same attention as the the, no, the, the it, physical product. It's not the question of attention. It just doesn't give that the same style and and taste. And then look at other fields, fashion brands, um, real luxurious. I mean, 
Prada Dior whatever mm-hmm. I mean the, you would wherever you go and see that brand get that type of style refinement and mm-hmm. attention and that's where I felt like my god why on earth did we the car industry end up in that corner mm-hmm. that we do the most I call it now primitive the most taking a customer basically thinking that they're idiots uh, yelling at them with fancy taglines and stuff really I felt like my god let's do a different brand here which actually yeah would be more you know you could compare it to this fashion brands and it would feel like wow you come to this luxurious cool experience and is that the key to Polestar's success it feels like from where I'm sitting that the the rise of Polestar's been pretty meteoric because it has in terms of sales uh if you boil it down to raw numbers has it been above expectations of where you thought you'd be say three years ago or are you on track or below we're on track obviously we have a ambitious roadmap ahead Mm -hmm. um but it's it's working it's it is working the brand gets a reception the, the feedback the passionate customers um so i'm optimistic about that what we wanted to achieve mm-hmm. is actually resonating and working and do, and now do, do, on, on the other hand i have to say i mean yeah. that is one thing that is contributing to the success of the brand that mm-hmm. type of attention to, to to the design to from a to z mm-hmm. but there's a i mean there's still the, the question of the product that the product has to live up to that sure. obviously yeah. and building um as well a, a, a service and a I mean, the customers, especially if you address those customers, they have a high expectation on um, you really serving them well. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the product then, because um, I always thought the Polestar 1 was such a strong way to come out the blocks to, um, you know, to a really confident step with this big two-door coupe, this um, unusual plug-in hybrid system that's got that big electric range. And it was just, it just positioned you as a brand that was just doing things differently. You know, it looked good, it was fast, it was exciting, but it was kind of understated and relaxed. Um, we've obviously had the, the, the Polestar 2, then brought the price down, brought the, brought the brand more to the masses, if you like. Um, the Polestar 3, we've seen our first glimpse of that. That's the electric SUV that's coming ne- next year. Is that right? Yeah, October, we will o- October. have the world premiere. Oh, the world premiere in October yeah. this year. Um, and then the Polestar 5, so that's kind of your your big news story here at, uh, at Goodwood, mm. um, the Polestar 5. So this is uh, a four-door, would you call it a GT, a super GT? How would you refer to it? Yeah, it's a four-door GT. Yeah. And um, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a sports car that you actually can drive with your family. Yeah. Um, you sit there in the front, really, in that type of position. It's not, you know... a a standard limousine where you sh- shop down the roof and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything from ergonomics, the position of the steering wheel, how you relate to the pedals, yeah. all of that is done as you should sit in a sports mm-hmm. car. Yeah, um, and I, I, so I woke, I woke up this morning and had a little browse on topgear.com, as I always do, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, the world's best car website. And uh, and there it was, the, the stop, top story of the day when I was thinking, oh, what am I going to talk to Thomas about later? Um, oh, the new Polestar 5 will have 827 brake horsepower. And I, uh, did I read that correctly? 
That's a lot of power. That's a lot of power, yeah. Mm. No, but of course, that's uh, the amazing thing about electrification. Um, oh. It actually gives you the uh, opportunity to not only horsepower, but uh, but but torque to really put torque into a car like you never experienced. I mean, imagine here the car that we're sitting in, the Polestar 2. I mean, <laughs> you talked about the cars that influenced me when I grew up. Mm. You know, the, the card game that I had. The 911 fastest car in that set. Oh, top trumps. 72, yeah, 1972. 0 to 100, 7.1 second. That was like, fuck, wow, what? <laughs> you know? And this car does it, I don't know. So what's, what's the Polestar 5? 4.7, whatever. No, I mean, oh, the, the, this one that we're sitting in? Yeah. 4.7 and the, and the Polestar 5, that's going to be oh, like three. I mean, actually, yeah, that will be three something. Yeah, and yeah. we will actually stop in making this now our game about mm -hmm. oh how low can we push it mm -hmm. our i mean i'm almost there where just getting that royce royce attitude you know it's it's powerful enough yeah it's powerful enough because sufficient 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 power. yeah um but, but but i know that you have some quite interesting views on range as well because you know there are people out there that would say oh you know electric cars should have 400 miles 500 miles 600 miles of range until i feel mm -hmm. comfortable but you You, you feel that 300 miles or thereabouts is enough and anything more is 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 wasteful is that is that right have i made it too simplistic well i wouldn't call it wasteful but there's a strange it's it's the same thing with the zero to 100 as it is with um the range you end up now in this um the 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 new ev brands the, the oems of, of the old age they're all chasing this type of numbers and making mm -hmm. that the the holy grail and you on one hand of course have to deliver sufficient range don't get me wrong of mm -hmm. course we strive to get real 300 miles mm -hmm. uh, if it's more than it's more but there's a natural border to how long you actually should sit in a car and drive and the and, and we should all strive to something else and that would be of course the moment where you have to stop and you know go to the bathroom buy a coffee whatever that this short break is enough to give you the range for the mm -hmm. next yeah yeah and, I, yeah, yeah and 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 that would be what we should strive for because let's face it if you aim for this kind of 500 600 whatever you definitely start over specking the battery to yeah. a, a, a size set from the weight and of course from the capital the money that you put in mm. yeah I, that's where the word waste comes in where you have to consider my god you know for that moment when i do that you don't do that trip yeah. every day yeah, 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 yeah. that moment where i do it let's call it i mean even if it's that often as once per month but jesus it's a lot a lot yeah. of kilowatt hours yeah standing there wasted each and every Not day being used yeah so i think i know the answer to this question when battery technology makes that leap um whether that's solid state batteries in five years time or whatever the time frame is um then manufacturers will have this option you know if you have twice the energy density do you go twice as far on a battery that is the same size and weight or do you cut that battery in half and and go the same distance and for you it exactly. seems like there's no brainer you just have You take the you take the weight out. You take the packaging benefits of a smaller battery, and 300 miles is enough. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
No, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think there, you're right. There will be a race for the for the first car to say that it can do six, seven hundred miles. But how often do you drive six, seven hundred miles in a day? I think I've done it once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and again, um, the, the moment where you try to achieve that with just putting more kilowatt hours of today's technology in there, uh, then that moment it's a bit crazy yeah, yeah. Um, anyway shift, right. uh, we, we have to shift we, we need infrastructure for charging we need fast charging and yeah. that that is where we should really that's where we should put, put the it. effort in all right so back to the products um i've been practicing my maths uh, polestar one polestar two polestar three we know about polestar five we've been talking about yeah. which, which what's <laughs> the polestar four well um a bigger suv no it's our second SUV it's yeah. the the one after the three obviously post of four <laughs> and um, we will I mean I beg your pardon there I I know that the temptation to po to talk about the one car that we have not talked about that much yet <laughs> is high. Having said that, the narrative about Poster Three hasn't yeah. even started yeah, yet. It will be. It Look, will I'm be. a journalist. If you tell yeah, me what's yeah. coming next, I want to know what's coming next. Next. No, you I'm programmed that way. I'm programmed that way. And what about <laughs> so the O2 concept is sat um, on the other side of this wall over here. It is an absolutely gorgeous piece of design. I think it really distills everything that Polestar's kind of built, which is those really simple surfaces, modern lines. It looks cool. And it's got a drone that flies out the back of it. Nice cool. touch. Nice touch. I have no idea whether it works or not, but it's a cool idea. Uh -huh. It actually works. It's <laughs> really? amazing. But uh -huh. that technology that a drone would follow a moving object yeah. absolutely existing. Oh, no yeah, yeah, yeah. And they fly actually quite fast. Yeah. So we checked it up to 80 kilometers. Don't know what that miles would be per hour, yeah. no problem for the drone to actually fly around oh, you. Wow. It's much more ending up, to tell you the truth, I would call it a legal problem that you actually get yeah. it you, legally right. You drive into a no-fly zone or exactly. something like that. But wouldn't it be amazing? I mean, mm -hmm. you're on that beautiful country road mm -hmm. and you just take a video of yeah. yourself driving in your electric road. And you don't even have to stop. You just roll up, carry on rolling and send it up. Um, so what, what, what chance is the O2 concept God of, God of making production, because obviously the Polestar 5 is, you know, uh, going to be the sportiest model in your lineup, but this is, this is a two-door um, two convertible in, in concept mm -hmm. form. Um, you, must have, you must have built that concept for a reason. Yeah, and the reason is indeed, on one hand, to demonstrate that Polestar kind of uh, essence, as well that we actually up to and want to build Mm -hmm. cars of that type of uh, fun factor mm -hmm. and definitely my agenda with putting that choker out is as well to provoke that question and to provoke the urge to to yeah. put it into production it's not deal done it's certainly something that we have to seriously to consider yeah. having said that technology wise it's doable that we have in-house now the technology to, to put the car on such a platform. Um, now, give us a bit of time and give us a bit of support and yes, do it because... <laughs> well, you've got two thumbs up from Top Gear. Uh, that, How's that's, that? That, that is already uh, a big, big check in the bank, isn't it? Good, good, good. All right, well, just a few, um, few little questions to finish off then with Tom. So I'm asking these questions to, to a few various um, people around the show. 
over the next couple of days. Um, do you have any points on your license for speeding? The day I left Germany 10 years ago, I definitely had, and it was a, a, this subconscious feeling of guilt <laughs> that, so, that was part of my life and once I even had to do that thing where you have to um, go and you know work on your points by doing a, oh, spe a speed awareness course a, a voluntary yeah. speed awareness course which then takes, takes took down me a, a little bit away from the border no yeah. that that definitely was part having said that my wife tells me since I'm living in Sweden we live in Sweden now um, I changed completely. She doesn't recognize me anymore in the car because, and indeed, it is amazing that kind of relaxed, kind of take a time became, became much more well, my think, driving style. I think electric cars have a big Till we got a poster too. And a poster too, actually. And, ah, I have and now to you're back to your old ways. It animates you to <laughs> drive a bit faster. Well, yeah, I, 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 it is interesting. Um, uh, electric cars can provoke you. Um, or they can get you to totally relax and just and just sit back. But um, all right, so that's that. Um, when was the last time you changed a tire on a car? Oh. Yeah, obviously, a long time ago. <laughs> I can tell. Um, but I know exactly how to do it. Okay. That he claims. Um, he claims he knows how to do no, it. No, no, no. Uh, I'm really, really a pro in that. <laughs> you know, don't lift the car first. Take the nuts losing the nuts yeah. first yeah. don't do them that way but over cross and stuff no i'm i definitely did that a lot okay all right that's a tick for that but it was so long ago that you can't remember um when was the last time you hand washed a car oh yeah well i actually i did it for a magazine we had that fancy photo shoot hand washing the car mm. Mm. oh there we go all right man of the people Thomas Ingelath. Um And the final question, because actually you brought it up just before we hit record on the box back there. Um, we're holding handheld mics, so we look like we're in a karaoke booth. What would be your karaoke song? Um, Mac the Knife. Mac the Knife. You want to give us a blast? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not that drunk yet. <laughs> He's not that drunk. Thomas, thank you so much. Um, it's been a blast. Thank you for being a good sport. See you soon. Thanks, that was fun.